Hello and welcome to our Secular Overeaters podcast series, where you'll hear from speakers who have found recovery from food and other addictions without God. For additional information, go to secularovereaters.org. And now let's get to today's podcast. The purpose of this group is to discuss the 12 steps, one at each meeting, and to share our personal experiences with the step or anything related to the theme of the step. Many of us are inspired by the 12-step approach, but find that some of the original language and concepts don't align with our personal beliefs. During this meeting, we will read several different interpretations of the steps and discuss, as the different individuals we are, what makes sense to us and what helps our recovery. As always, please take what you like and leave the rest. Who would like to read the Freethinker 12 Steps and get us going there? Freethinker Alternative 12 Steps for Overeaters. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe and to accept that we needed strength beyond our awareness and resources to restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to entrust our will and our lives to the care of the collective wisdom and the resources of those who have searched before us. Pass. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to ourselves without reservation and to another human being the exact, exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're ready to accept help in letting go of all of our defects of character. Pass. With, with step seven, with humility and openness sought to eliminate our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Pass. Step 10, continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11, sought through meditation to improve our spiritual awareness and our understanding of the OA way of life and to discover the power to carry out that way of life. Step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, We tried to carry this message to compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. All righty. This month being October, we will be discussing step 10. We will be reading eight different versions of this step 10, the OA traditional, freethinker, Buddhist, Cleveland atheist, humanist, practical, proactive, and SOS or secular organization for sobriety version. Please take a turn reading a version of the step, just as we did before, and say pass when you are finished. Uh, OA principle, perseverance. Traditional OA and free thinker continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Buddhist, continue to to maintain awareness of our actions and motives, and when we acted unskillfully, promptly admitted it. Continue to monitor ourselves to acknowledge our successes and quickly correct our lapses and errors. Humanist, we will continue to make such lists and revise them as needed. Practical, practice daily self-reflection and continued making amends whenever necessary. Proactive, I keep paying attention to the causes and effects of my actions. I act accordingly. SOS, I will continue sincere and meaningful self-evaluation and strive for personal betterment. Thank you. Okay. 
We are now open for discussion about these versions of the step of step 10. What does step 10 mean to you? And what are your impressions of the different versions that we just read? Kelly, please. So um, the Cleveland version, continue to monitor ourselves to acknowledge our successes and quickly correct our lapses and errors um, really spoke to me. Um, as a perfectionist, and that's one of the things that leads to my overeating, is I am really quick to acknowledge my problems and to, you know, talk about my errors, but um, I need to continually work on acknowledging our successes, and that's just as important in um, continuing kind of the step four um, process as it is to, to think about all my errors. Um, I also like that... Uh, the, the part about to quickly correct our lapses and errors, because um, as a perfectionist, I'm also a procrastinator. And so, uh, you know, the more um, I put it off, the more like it, it eats at me emotionally and I'm an emotional eater as well. And so um, to, to keep myself from being vulnerable um, to all those feelings that would lead me to, to, um, to relapse, I need to quickly um, correct uh, my lapses and errors. And so um, that that Cleveland really spoke to me and uh, I like it a lot. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, Kelly. AJ? Thank you, glad to be at this meeting. This is my first time at this meeting. I'm a long time in OA. Um, the Cleveland also uh, spoke to me. And the main reason is because it says to acknowledge our successes. And I have beaten up on myself most of my life. And um, in helping people through step four and helping myself through step four, I've always said that taking an inventory in a shop, for example, we see what's on the shelf as well as what's not on the shelf. And I've had to remind myself of that every time I do a step four or a step 10, that um, yeah, there are things that I need to acknowledge that are problems, but there are also things that I need to to um, accept with joy that I have achieved and that are present in me. So um, it's really helped me a lot in the secular program that we are encouraged to look both ways. I do think about the day at night when I'm lying in bed. I don't exactly do a step 10, but I do think about the day and I think about what's coming up. And I'm not quite as good about quickly correcting my lapses and errors, but I'm very good at being aware of them. And I think that helps me um, correct them. But I want to exalt in my successes as well. Thanks. This is great. Thanks. Thank you, AJ. Laura. Good morning, everybody. I'm Laura. I'm in St. Paul. I am a um, recovering binge eater and sugar addict. Um, I am continually inspired by the proactive steps. This one was, I keep paying attention to the causes and effects of, and of my actions, and I act accordingly. And the reason it inspires me so much is I realized that the way into this for me was to actually listen to my body. The way I got off of sugar was to say to myself, 
the kind thing to do is to not eat the sugar. And my body tells me these things because when I eat the sugar, I get high and I, my anxiety skyrockets, my sleep goes to the pieces and my gut gets upset. It gets all inflamed. So my body speaks very clearly when I listen to her. And so the, the steps that are the proactive steps really help remind me there's causes and effects to my actions. And um, I'm really grateful for them. This is, a, this is a fun meeting. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. Uh, Donna White. Hi, thank you, Donna. I'm compulsive eater and recovering perfectionist here. I really actually like um, the SOS version of this step. I will continue sincere and meaningful self-evaluation and strive for personal betterment. I think the reason for that, I struggle sometimes with the concept of, you know, some of the language like moral inventory and um, our character defects. I feel sometimes like those, for me, those terms are harsh. So I, I like the SOS stuff because it, it, it implies that, that this is a continuous process that we're never really done, which is important. Um, meaningful self-evaluation and striving for personal, personal betterment. We will probably not ever be perfect. I don't know. I just feel like this language is positive and proactive without being self-flagellating or um, unduly harsh with ourselves. So that one speaks to me. Thank you. Thank you, Donna. Matt. Yeah, Matt, compulsive reader, sugar addict. I think this is a pretty important step. Well, I guess they're all important technically, but the the humanist interpretation seems kind of weak to me. I mean, revise them as needed seems sort of bureaucratic. And actually, the traditional version is pretty good too. Yeah, I I, I like the, the the SOS one and the proactive one. Well, the SOS one speaks to me most clearly. I mean, that seems uh, that seems like the best way of phrasing this. The, the traditional and uh, the Cleveland one, you know, seem to be focusing on our our errors, and which which I guess is you know important to do. It's it's the honest way to you know to be to be honest about yourself and about what you're doing. But it also sort of feeds into my self criticism, and I don't you know I don't need to be looking for or, or dwelling on my errors anymore. I do plenty of that already. I need to be focusing on the things that work well. To crosstalk and paraphrase AJ, I need to exalt my successes. I really like that phrase. I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Linda? Thank you. I'm really glad for this meeting because uh, right now I am working my step 10 for the first time. And uh, it's a nice way to see how everyone else is doing it and what to focus on. and. Just like many others have said, I like the Cleveland version because it also brings in the successes. And if I don't look at both the positive and the negative, I can spiral pretty easily into just the self, self-hate. self And uh, it's why I also, uh, my previous step work resulted in healthy goals instead of focusing on my wrongs and my defects. So now I try to uh, every afternoon, uh, evaluate my healthy goals with a tiny little app 
that I found and that you could personalize. And I also like the practical uh, step or the version of the step because it's not just admit, admitting when you're wrong, but also making amends for it. And I think that's uh, important and also to do it as soon as possible uh, to yourself or to others you have harmed. And I really like the, uh, the person who said, that I listen to your body. Uh, I need to do that as well. So that's a good tip. Thank you very much and I'll pass. Thank you, Linda. Debbie? Hi, I'm Debbie, compulsive eater. Two that speak to me the most are the Cleveland. I like that very much, but when we talk about the proact, I keep paying attention to the causes and effects of my actions. My behavior has so much to do with my being out of control with food and what sets me off. And it's really looking back at what motivates me and old patterns of how I react emotionally to things since eating is so emotionally connected that think it's really good because the only way I can make changes and have made changes is by looking back, you know, by doing the fourth step was really important for me. I've done it twice. And that to me is where I can try to make change really happen for myself. Yes. Thank you, Debbie. Janet. Hi, for me, I, they, all of the steps, all of the versions um, read as very positive for me. And I had recently read through um, Jeffrey Munn's entire book, Staying Sober Without God. So I'm focused more at the moment on the practical, which are his. And that practicing daily self-reflection for me constitutes staying mindful all the time. I'm mindful throughout the day of what I am, what my body's feeling, what my body needs, what food I'm going to ingest for health and um, staying mindful has just really been a huge benefit for me and continuing to make amends. Um, I have made a couple of important amends to people and I realized through Jeffrey Munn's book, making amends isn't just saying you're sorry, it's truly changing the way you behave and committing to, to that change. So that's what I've been working on recently. So that, that speaks to me a lot here. Pass. Thank you. Laura B. Hi, my name is Laura, compulsive reader, living in recovery one day at a time. Um, very happy to be here and love the format of this meeting. Um, I, I wanted to say that for me, it and it's always good for me to keep things because I overcomplicate and overthink. I, I just love the simple one word thing of uh, the idea of perseverance. I have to really try to do this every day. And um, and I wanted to show you guys because one of the things that has actually helped me a great deal in the years, and I've been in this program for 14 years, when I get into something that's, that, that, that really is a problem and is really upsetting me, which usually means something with my daughters or my family, right? I have this little thing that this is an OA publication called 12-stepping a problem. And it just takes you through the problem. And the part that really helps me here is because it says, uh, as far as the step four of it, of what is my part in this? Did I cause or am I maintaining this situation? And so it has helped me so many times when I feel anger and frustrated to be able to step back a little and see what it is 
that I am doing or my expectations more likely (laughs) that are screwing the thing up. So thank you very much. I just wanted to share that and I will pass. Thank you, Laura. Peggy? Um, I like the parts of the Buddhist one and the proactive one that are about um, just uh, paying attention or maintaining awareness. For me, that's something that I've been working on a lot later lately is not just, you know, taking a daily inventory, but just throughout the day, trying to stay aware of what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking, what's driving me. And I find that that when I I can do that and I don't get like lost in being overwhelmed um, that my eating is is much better. It really helps me a lot. So I guess that's kind of how I, I think of step 10 is just kind of ongoing awareness of what's happening inside of me. Thank you, Peggy. I'll say I, I'm kind of fond of the Buddhist one too, partly because I think the word motives is so powerful. Um, yes, the proactive version also is really about awareness and mindfulness. But when I think about causes and effects, my mind tends to go to external causes when really what's more valuable for me is to think of my own internal motives. And are there better ways to achieve those motives that aren't food related? Um, So that's a powerful one for me. We'll move on to the second half of our meeting content, which is taking turns reading different authors' insights about step 10, and then sharing our thoughts about those insights or anything else that they might prompt us to think. So who'd like to get us started with Alan Berger? Peggy, please. The step concerns maintaining our humility, being honest with ourselves, and guarding against false pride. Thank you. AJ, Martha Cleveland? In order to find balance in our inner lives, We have to attend to all of the things we've been talking about, our emotions, thoughts, moods, relationships, work, finances, orderliness, physical condition, and boundaries. When we monitor ourselves in all these areas, correct ourselves, and find self-respect and moderation, we also find inner balance. Thank you, AJ. Kelly. Stephanie Covington. Now we make a daily commitment to continuing observation and reflection, recognizing we're out of balance or hurting ourselves or others. Our ongoing awareness allows us to meet each day and each relationship with responsibility. Thank you, Janet. Gabor Mate. This is step four in action. As human beings, most of us are far away from attaining perfect saintliness in all our behaviors or interactions, and therefore can afford to give up the process of moral self-inventory only when they lower us into the ground. Thank you, Matt. Teresa Jacobs-Stewart. Ongoing mindfulness helps us notice the pressure in our chest, the hairs raising on our neck, or the, the toxic thoughts that precede an emotional hijack. Regular on-the-spot checks before, during, and after our actions help us have fewer emotional relationship messes to clean up. Pass. Thank you. And Laura, finally. Serge Pringle. There is a sense of pleasure and liberation in being more aware of who you are and feeling able to change what you don't like. There is a lot of satisfaction in being able to do this moment by moment. Noticing gives you an occasional an occasion for pausing and wondering. 
You're trying to understand better what it is that makes it uncomfortable for you. Little by little, as you know it, you have a higher possibility to change it. Thank you. We're now open for discussion about these interpretations. Who would like to start us off? Peggy. Yeah, so I is kind of following along with what I said previously about awareness. I just love the um, Therese Jacob Stewart one, just about ongoing mindfulness, but also just, you know, <laughs> notice the pressure rising in our chest, the hairs rising on our neck, or the toxic thoughts that precede an emotional hijack, just as like totally speaks to my experience. Um, so I really like that. And then I also like the Serge Prangle one uh, because it it really talks about, and he talks about this more in the um, the proactive steps is just how you, um, you're kind of making changes bit by bit. You're not being too hard on yourself. You know, it's, you're noticing, you're seeing what you can do and you're kind of gently helping yourself along. And um, I, I find that's an approach that is helpful to me because it's kind of gentle and not scoldy. Thank you, Peggy. AJ? Hi, I'm AJ, compulsive eater and sugar addict in North Carolina. In the Martha Cleveland one, and I also spoke about the Cleveland step in my earlier share, she mentions orderliness mm-hmm. and says when we monitor ourselves in these areas. And I'm in day, let me see, 81 or something like that of 1990. And now it feels like not an ordinary day if I don't go to a meeting. And what has happened, as I mentioned before, I've been in OA half my life, long, long, long time. And what has happened in doing this, it's like there is a pattern to my day now. I get up and I look at the Secular Overeaters website at the meetings. I have a lot of them on my calendar with the um, meeting ID and the passcode there. But I'll look, as I did this morning, and see, well, what meeting can I go to today? So that's beginning of the day. And what I'm doing now is getting up, straightening my bed, making the bed, brushing my teeth, washing my face, or take a shower, whatever. And the orderliness is helping more than I can even state. It's like the order in my house brings order in my mind. And I'm I'm rejoicing in this. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, here I am 82 and discovering this, but it's, it's amazing to me. I walk into the kitchen and the dishes are done from the night before and the kitchen is orderly so I can fix an orderly meal. And so I loved that word, orderliness. We have to attend to all the things we've been talking about. And one of them is that orderliness. So I'm going to continue looking at this and thinking about it and about the order of my surroundings bring order and peace to my mind. Thanks. Thank you, AJ. Laura. Hi again. Yeah, the the proactive with Serge Pringle is really a part of my process. It's the book I'm using to help me through this process of working the steps. But I really like what he says, that there's a sense of pleasure and liberation in being more aware of who you are and feeling able to change what you don't like. So often in the past, I 
as so many of us have said, I just would, would have a binge and I would just beat myself up and it would just create this cycle that I couldn't get out of. And by doing this stopping, pausing, noticing, and learning very slowly to remove the judgments has helped so much um, because by taking away the judgment, even if it's just for a moment, helps loosen up a space in my brain and I can stop that cycle. And that's where this, the steps are really helping me and the program and having accountability buddies, all of which keeps me focused and kind to myself, because if I'm not being kind, my accountabilities are like, uh, you're not being kind. And I really appreciate that. Thank you, Laura. Janet. Um, I kind of feel like a clone of Laura there. <laughs> um, I think in the Serge Krengel insight, the word that really jumps out for me is liberation. Because now that I have my eating under control and so much, so many other things um, in order in my life, uh, I feel this tremendous sense of liberation. And it's so precious to me. I don't want to lose it by, by letting unhealthy food choices creep in. So I'm very vigilant. I feel like in the past, I was kind of living in this morass of disorganized behavior. And I was most definitely in a cycle of eating foods that were bad for me, not being able to sleep as a result, um, just the whole, the whole negative cycle. So now I'm, I'm very protective of my, my liberation, my freedom. And I'm learning more and more through the various meetings I've been going to about the importance of patterns and establishing and maintaining the healthy patterns. And, and the idea from AJ that an orderly house contributes so vastly to an orderly mind, I've really found that I've tended to be a, a very lax housekeeper. Fortunately, my husband's great at vacuuming and doing some of the heavy lifting, but when I do all those things you mentioned, it you know, make the bed and put away the dishes and put away the stacks of books and things, my mind functions so much more clearly. So that actual, that practical step within my living space is something that I can definitely improve more and continue to work on. Pass. Thank you, Janet. Karen, D. Hi, still Karen, still a compulsive eater. Um, I find something in all of these steps that, that speak to me, but I, I especially like Serge Pringle. I love his book, and I just love just about everything he has to say. But the other ones are, uh, there, there's just like at least a sentence in each of the others that I, I, I feel like I'd like to take a sentence out of each and make my own little, you know, saying or my own little blurb or whatever. Um, I did want to make kind of reference to what, AJ was saying, too, about what she does. For me, I'm not sure. I mean, I still have problems with housework and dirty dishes and stuff. But for me, like the other day, I got up and um, I started. And, and I was grumbling as soon as I got out of bed over the same freaking routine every single day. The moment I get up, you know, even the animals know the routine. We all go into the bathroom. 
we all come out, we all go upstairs and, you know, eat. And it's like, you know, even they know the routine. And I was thinking, I am so sick of this routine. I am just sick of it, doing the same thing day after day. But, you know, I was just sitting here thinking right now, it's, it's the routine that I'm complaining about that gives me the freedom to live my life and to not compulsively overeat because it's the same routine. I mean, you know, like 24-7, it's not all routine. I definitely do other things. But it's, you know, and I'm, I should be happy to have this routine because this is the routine that works in helping me keep healthy and keep my brain clear. And uh, I don't know, that's just sort of what I was thinking. So. Thank you, Karen. Linda? I really agree with all of the people who shared so far, and I like all the interpretations of this stuff. Uh, the one that spoke to me the most today was uh, Stephanie Covington, and I really like the part about balance, uh, or if you're out of balance. And that's kind of what we want from step 10, it seems like, just to find that uh, balance in every day to keep improving and keep living, sort of. But also she touches on the uh, self-harm and harming others, which is important to remember. Very uh, careful about hurting others, but I don't mind hurting myself most of the time. Um, That's good for me to think twice about. And I also like that she says it's a responsibility, and that responsibility is ours. By continuing doing this inventory, it feels like you sort of pledge anew to the program every day. And I think that's important to get that perseverance that the principle is all about. So thank you everyone for your shares and uh, wise words and I'll pass. Thank you, Linda. Kelly, please. The, um, unfortunately the phrase, the toxic thoughts that precede an emotional hijack and being aware of those um, really like uh, shouted out to me of uh, something that I always need to be aware of. Also, combining that with guarding against false pride, um, because so often if I fail to abstain, it's because I have that like toxic thought of it doesn't matter. So, uh, you know, I'll eat sugar today and it won't matter. Or like, or, you know, if I ate something, well, then I might as well eat the rest of the cookie because it doesn't matter. And it's always those toxic thoughts and, and, and almost like false despair um, that um, I really need to be mindful of. And so the other part, Gabriel Mate, who was pretty funny, I thought, is that the only, only uh, the rest of us like need to continue to work on this until we're lowered into the ground. That actually made me feel good because it reminded me that, you know, I'm not the only one who has to constantly deal with like, like these thoughts of, of these toxic thoughts. And that even though no matter how hard or how good I think I've been doing, something will happen and they'll reappear again. And that, you know, since I'm not a saint and I thankfully have yet been lowered into the ground, um, it's okay that uh, this is a continual process. And that uh, listening to everyone who shared today, so many wonderful insights, um, a great community. Um, and I just want to thank everybody for, for being here today. Thank you, Pass. Thank you, Kelly. Mary? Well, this this is a, a little bit different, but, you know, I was reading through all of them, and, and uh, because I'm Indigenous, and I come from that point of thought, that I was looking at this different, but I started to pull out keywords, and I wrote down the words, 
in Native America that are important. And balance instead of the concept of sin is important. And that's that's true of every tribe, staying in balance in uh, humility, honesty, truth, bravery, wisdom, respect, and love, and to come from those places. And I was thinking, yeah, this is the same. It's the same kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And but that, and I was thinking about why are you having such problems? Because I practice this all the time, but I don't necessarily practice it with myself. And then practicing that those concepts. I have a problem staying in balance with food and that, uh, yeah, that this will be real helpful. And I like what, what everybody said and a little piece of what each of those statements said I relate to. So and I appreciate, I just appreciate everybody in the group. I appreciate what you're saying. I appreciate seeing that because all those words were popping for me this morning. And I thought, oh, okay, okay. And you just have to, you know, and I, because I, I, I do look at my actions and I do look at those things because I have to do that in my community. But I don't necessarily do as well with myself. And I imagine that's true for everybody here. <laughs> it's just harder, you know. But uh, approaching myself with, with those things, with every bit of respect that I would approach other people with, would be an important thing. So, anyway, thank you for being here. This is a lovely meeting. Thank you, Mary. Janet, please. I had agreed for the group last time that I would pull out the insights from Jeffrey Munn's book, which I did. And in the insight for this step, he basically says, the more you practice mindfulness, the less you have to do it. And I just thought that was kind of key. I think it becomes more, it doesn't mean that you, you do less of it, but it means that you inc we incorporate it more into our psyche, into our being, and it becomes our, our practice rather than having to work at it. So um, I'm finding that to be true for myself. So I just wanted to share that. Thank you, Janet. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to support our efforts, please visit secularovereaters.org and consider making a donation.